Right, welcome back. Now it's time, as you'll have gathered, for this week's Talking Points. I'm alongside James Millman. Right, we will start with a very serious issue and that of the suspension uh, or the exclusion from the sport of licensed trainer Johnny Farrelly for seven years, James, uh, under the new-ish safeguarding regulations. Now, clearly, because this is still subject to further judicial matters. We can't talk too much about the specifics of this case. We haven't been given very many specifics of the case, but it is still interesting. Tell me why, from a trainer's point of view. Uh, yeah, it was just a very basic statement, wasn't it? A permanent exclusion for seven years. Johnny's able to appeal, and a statement from Johnny saying the police had an investigation, and he wants to make it point out there was no criminal charges subsequently. Um, I think about 2019, a couple of years ago, um, new safeguarding regs have, c have come in. Racing has quite a young workforce in the fact that we get a lot of people from racing school, 16, 17, they don't go to college and do A-levels, they come into the sport and they should, like the whole staff as a whole. Racing sometimes I think has been a little bit in the dark ages regarding working practices and as a whole it's beginning to move on because the modern world is moving on pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, like I say, we don't know much about any of the circumstances of the case, apart from the, the, the ban that, that Johnny Fowley has been given, and, and it's a severe ban as well. Basically, his business is, is ended mm -hmm. um, pretty abruptly, obviously subject to, to an appeal. But, uh, yeah, it's going to certainly, while trainers should be, it's going to make them take note either, even more of their employment practices and, and what happens in their yards. Yeah, and the, the, the rules that the, the BHA have applied here, they, it gives them quite broad scope to, to withdraw a, a trainer's license. And, and it just underlines and reinforces the message, I think, here, that the, 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 the intense duty of care that you have to young, as you say, 16 and 17-year-old, and or vulnerable people um, in, your, in your workforce. Yeah, most definitely. And it would be the same in any other really workforce. But I think racing is just reintroducing the fact how important it is. And I say, we don't know any details but it's a pretty strong punishment, and I just showed you how seriously you need to take it. Let's move on and talk about uh, Shane Foley. It's a, an excellent interview by Richie Forrestal in today's Racing Post with uh, Aidan O'Brien, and one of the, the key points of the interview was Aidan saying that he felt that Shane Foley should have been banned for a month for his ride in last month's Motor and Stakes on No Speak Alexander when he took a, a left-hander and interfered with, with Ryan Moore on, on Mother Earth. What do you think? Well, Aiden's come out fighting various topics uh, this morning in, in the article. Five days was what Shane Foley got for the band No Speak Alexander. He also went on to say that Ryan Moore should have got a week for St. Mark's Basilica interference. So it wasn't just talking about this incident which affected his horse, Mother Earth, there getting absolutely chopped off. Uh, no run at all um, for Ryan Moore. Now here, Shane Foley had every opportunity to put both hands back in the rain, pull right-handed and create a gap for Mother Earth. And it'll keep the gap open that was there for Mother Earth. And... For me, Shane Foley knew what was going to happen. He knew Group 1 race, he probably wasn't going to get disqualified. He was going to get a ban, five days. It's a long enough ban. Uh, we've seen Holly Doyle, seven-day ban. She missed a Group 1 ride. So, so it can be crucial, but I think in that kind of greater race, jockeys are, are going to know that they can get away with it. It should be a lot severer. It's much more severe in the UK anyway. Ireland is, is very lax. I think Aidan makes a, a very good point, and, and that kind of riding you but don't a month, want to see. A month, is that feasible, or is, is, is this a case of making sure you make the statement so strongly that it has the desired effect? So if he'd said he should have been given a week, it wouldn't really have made the headlines. So I would, I'm more disqualification, to be honest. I know he's saying it's not affecting the owner, the trainer of the horse, but it's affecting the owner and the trainer, the connections of the second, the horse that's received interference. So for me, I'll just chuck no speak Alexander out. I'll probably 
be a but more then, severe but then, as seven, ten pointed day out, it's not, it's not the owner and trainer's fault, is it? It isn't, but the, the horse has lost because of that jockey's efforts. So you're punishing the, the connection of the second anyway. Because that horse, no, but, sweet guys, Anna shouldn't have won. But you're still, you're still more in agreement with Aidan that the book the, should have been the thrown book have been and changed. Bigger ban, but I'd also have disqualification for instances like that. Okay, uh, let's talk about the other major point that's come out of Richie's interview with uh, with Aidan, which is that Aidan says the 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 beating drum talk of illegal use of substances in the sport has to stop unless there is proof. Of it, and clearly that is a, a reference to much of what we talked about with with Jim Bolger during the course of the year and others. What's your view? Well, what he's saying is right because the more talk there is about drugs in the sport, the more people are concerned that there is a big problem. Uh, the issue is someone like Jim Bolger. Yes, the evidence is hard to prove, but he's put his head above the parapet to say what he thinks is going on, in particular in Irish racing, and he thinks that there's a potential Lance Armstrong case at some point will, it will emerge uh, in America. We, we, we've seen where the drug rules are a lot more lax over there. There's still cases falling by the wayside. There was, I think, Barnes at Goldstream. Uh, five to ten trainers got raided and they, they fell for Clembolter, I think it was. So there's issues in the sports. Um, but all this talk, it does damage it. There's no denying that. But someone like Jim Bolger thinks that is an issue and that's why, he, why he's saying it. Um, it's a very valid point, but the problem is if people do believe there's a problem, they can't just be quiet and, and brush it under the carpet. So it's a tough one because it's both make valid points. Yeah, and I think the, the point that, that Aidan O'Brien is making in the interview is either... Put up or... Put up or shut yeah. up. Yeah. But it, is it reasonable to expect somebody to, to put up when you know, they can't be sure of their ground legally, yet they've right. got strong, strong suspicions that there is nefarious activity going on. Exactly, 100%. Uh, to prove in a legal court that this is happening, that standard well, is so high. Well, unless you've got photographic or video evidence. Exactly, which um, it's going to be very hard for an individual to get. It's up to the, the, the organisations in charge of trying to stop this. That's what they should be doing and making extreme efforts to do. And as Aidan pointed out, they've been in their yard doing hair testing, taking samples of all the sources in recent weeks. So... It's happening, but uh, yeah, he's making a good point. But why would Jim Bolger say such such things if he didn't think it was true? St. Mark's Basilica has been retired this week. Um, has he been retired at the right time, do you think? Probably for his stallion potential. Obviously, he missed the Judmont because he had that setback uh, where a shoe came off and, and caused an injury to his back leg. It's uh, obviously, quite a, obviously quite a serious yes, setback um, from what we've subsequently gathered. In, in the fact that he hung right-handed. Now, for me, it was more... Initially, I thought Ryan was trying to get away from, from well, Burdick Flair, but he kept going a long, long way across. And the fact that he's pulled up not quite 100% on the back of that run, which is why they cut in the season, he probably was having a bit of an issue. And that contributed to the fact that he went way further across the track than, than what Ryan yeah. wanted him to. Yeah, I think Ryan wanted to go at the centre of the yes, track, not didn't he? And quite not possibly on the photographers. Yeah, exactly. So that shows you he was probably masking an injury. Tough performance. What we've seen him do in France earlier on in the year, was very good in the Eclipse. I thought he was exceptional. Yes, Mishriff probably needed to run first run back after uh, Riyadh and Dubai. And we saw what he could do uh, in, in the King George and the Judmont. But Ade loves those ground conditions and, and he put him firmly in his place. So for me, he's a very good horse. He's a good addition to Bayadol's stud roster. Um, obviously with Galileo passing. Um, what about, what about the possibly the best horse we've ever had? 
it's kind of the statement that's thrown out when most horses retire at the back end. Is that just one for the? Is that just one for the for the, <laughs> the commercial advert, or? <laughs> you can see for factor itself. I think um, there's probably been ten or so more horses rated officially higher in in, in years for but, Aiden. But interestingly, not that much higher. I think there's only two or three pounds between the whole yeah, lot of them, aren't there? They are all very good. He, there's not been a Frankel in in Aiden's yard where you can say this horse it's is not, clearly. It's not been a Frankel in anyone's it, yard, has it? Exactly. But that, that's where that statement would be. This horse is the best I've ever trained. Mm. If you've got a horse that is half a stone better than perhaps mm. what you trained before, whereas he's had a lot of very, very good horses. Hawkwing, probably, how you rate that lock injury was, was, was such a high rate and he didn't end up being a good stallion, but the best he's ever trained, only Aiden knows if that is really, truly what he thinks, but uh, it will certainly help stallion prospects. I think if I... Who would you go for, best horse Aiden's best train? Best horse Aiden's train. I'll, I'll, I'll go for Rock of Gibraltar and let everyone shoot me down. Giant's Causeway, then. Oh, I love Giant's Causeway. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's had so many of such a high level to pick one star that was just way above the rest, I'm not sure even Aiden can, to be honest. I think they were my two favourites anyway. Anyway, who, who do you think? Let, let us know. Uh, right, climate change. This was an interesting piece in the paper earlier in the week written by Bill Barber about the effect of climate change. Is the effect of climate change being manifest in Paris this afternoon? And will it be in Ascot in two weeks' time? And how is this going to change the shape of racing, the shape of the season? All sorts of aspects of our lives in the next few decades. I think, talking about October you're expecting soft ground in the autumn. That is so the issue with Champions Day. You saw how bad Ascot was yesterday. Yeah, you see, there's soft and there's soft, isn't there, James? Here's the thing. There's, there's soft ground like we used to know, autumn soft ground. Yeah, the ground's a bit soft. And then there's a quagmire. <laughs> the issue with, with these tractors that have had to water through the summer to cope with the race on very fast ground, when you do get a lot of rain, it doesn't take too long for the ground to get absolutely ruined. Uh, the issue for me more is, is as a whole of the season in, in the fact that now... Recent springs have been pretty dry. It takes five or six weeks sometimes we even get a bit of soft ground. Um, and it's very intermittent when you're training horses. Normally, you, you, peak, you get them at the start of the season, soft ground for Lincoln, end of the season. Now it's kind of some summer meetings. You're going to get heavy when you get a torrential downpour, but it might be good to firm a day before. Trushan is a classic example. He keeps going, going to the races, and the rains have fallen a day too late or a day too early as far as Shadavarius is concerned. Uh, I think... In the future, whether racing might become more prevalent in, in the fact that there's going to be less extremes regarding the, the potential going. Uh, so you think we'll get more moral weather tracks? Potentially, more because synthetic surfaces? they'll be able to take heavy rain. And if we get droughts, extended droughts in, in the UK, which may well happen, some tracks aren't going to be able to water as effectively as they'd like. Um, it's going to be an issue. And I think the transport of horses, if you're going for carbon neutral, um, racing leaves a pretty big carbon footprint going forward. It'll be interesting to see what changes those high up will be making. It's, it's, it's in the future, but it's happening. It's, it's a one-way system at the moment. I, I hadn't considered that point about there being a greater need potentially for more all-weather racing, but it, it's certainly a, an interesting possibility. Let's talk about the, the championship standings. It nearly all went horribly wrong for the current leader of Sheen Murphy in the Jockeys' Championship this week. He's still nine in front. William Buick's just managing to keep it under 10, he's just, just keeping himself close enough with a couple of weeks left, though it's, it's, it's looking... Both had a quiet week. Three winners for William, two for O'Sheen. Yeah. O'Sheen didn't have a quiet week when it came to Salisbury. <laughs> you uh, were there, weren't you? there with, with Lydia and uh, Andrew Bolden, newcomer. Uh, literally, when O'Sheen got on board, he just bolted and took off across the paddock, going absolutely flat out and made zero effort to stop as he came to the this rail. This is horrible. Um, 
luckily, oh. O'Sheen, you can see exactly where he's hit the rail. He hasn't knocked any teeth out, just had some stitches, which I imagine is very painful as it is, but it could have been literally the season off, um, that kind of injury. So fortunately, O'Sheen's back. That's what I think William probably needed in the fact to get the nine back in the next two weeks. Now we've got bigger fields, autumn ground. It's tough to get winners, and that's it. They've only had three and two each uh, this week. So hopefully for O'Sheen, we've given him nine winners this year. So if he does win by nine, I think we'll take full, it was, full credit. It was the Millman's what won it. Exactly. It, Millman's what won it for O'Sheen. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. And both jockeys, I think Williams had two more rides than O'Sheen, actually. They're both working very hard. And will it be O'Sheen? What won it for Andrew Balding? Because he's still in front. And I would say he's surprised he's still in front. Seventy, yeah, seventy-four thousand pound there. Chai Appleby is, is catching up. Uh, John and, and Fadi Gosnell, obviously, they've got the big guns on, on Champions Day. But you're well, saying the real. If we get ground like we had yesterday, some of their stars may not perform or not turn or up. Or not turn up. This is it. I mean, did John and Thady want to run Mishriff? I know it's going to be on the inner track if it's heavy, but do they want to run him on very soft ground if it rains for the next two weeks? And Palace Pier is probably going to be fine up the straight track. Stradivarius probably won't run. So I, their challenge is all contingent on, on yep. the weather to Champions Day, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So the issue for Andrew Bowen, I think he's three from 60 in, in the past fortnight. When you've had a good year, your horse has been running all, all season, they are starting to get tired and it's what big guns he's got left to run and I think they are a little bit limited, but fantastic to be holding on even at this stage of the season. Now, earlier in the week at Kempton, um, Ivan Furtado replaced a stable apprentice, Ellie May Crute, due to claim seven pounds with Sylvester D'Souza, who had been due, due to ride his other runner in the race that was withdrawn, but not before there'd been a significant gamble on the uh, horse originally intended to be ridden by a seven-pound apprentice rider. Well, the conclusion of this story is supposed to be, of course, that the gamble goes and wins. Probably should have won, didn't, but that's neither here nor there. Should he, should he have been allowed to ride? I think no. The horse. Um, Busby was the horse. He's drawn in stall 12. Um, Yard, I've had him just over a year. Six runs. Ellie May ridden them all six occasions. No show. Dropped 14 pounds in the handicap. Re-emerged after a break. Yard had two in the race. Uh, Sylvester Souza on the apparent third string. And then this horse, Busby, got backed off the boards. Dropped in grade. Uh, jockey changed. It was quite early. It wasn't one at the track. Ellie May didn't get there. It was just literally... Um, Sylvester's our chosen jockey. He doesn't ride the non-runner, so we'll switch him mm. over. Uh, and, and in the week where they had the the fuel crisis as a perfect substitute. Yes, you, 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 I mean, you, it could have been more uh, diverted away. It was it was it was pretty obvious what was happening. It wasn't like a late gamble. It was all morning. The horse got absolutely punted off the boards. For me, I'd have an apprentice for an apprentice. I think it's a bit too extreme to go seven pound claimer to seven pound claimer because. There's genuine reasons why, why jockeys can't ride, illness in particular, that you can't prove yes or no. But if you're replacing a jockey with an apprentice, you're not suddenly going to be putting a champion jockey on board the horse when you're expecting a jockey that's only had one win from 33 rides. If you're analysing that race beforehand, you're probably anticipating a very, very different performance from, from said horse. So in that respect, it leaves a bit of a sour taste. The horse got beat anyway. It probably should have won stall 12. I think it was costly. The first two were one and two. But... For me, it should be an apprentice for an apprentice if, if you are going to go down that route because we've had a few down the years and, and for me, it doesn't sit well. There are 165 horses uh, in the Horses in Training catalogue consigned by Shadwell. That's an awful lot. Now, we knew they were going to scale down very considerably. This is the first concrete indicator of the, as to the extent that they are scaling down. Yeah, it is. And uh, Shadwell always have a big contingent at the Horses in Training sales. Um, always very popular because... 
the horses that are well bred, um, if they're not going to make the top league for Shadwell, they will be moved on. But this is, is, is quite extreme and there's some, some, some nice horses in there as well. And it just signals the fact there's going to be a bit of a change. We're used to the blue and white on the track with alarming regularity. They're not going to be there so often in the future. It probably means for those that are selling or buying at the sales anyway, you can have a lot of choice of buying into the Shadwell families through the mayors at the sales. And there'll be quite a lot of nice handicaps going forward. I know the, the horse watchers have tended to buy quite shrewdly. Have you have you bought out of Shadow? Uh, we had one actually come from the July sales, um, bought back by the breeders that they're going to breed from in the future to try and try and win a race with. Unfortunately, we didn't do too well on that score. But um, yeah, they're going to be popular. Um, new people will come into the sport. They always too tend to feel a vacuum. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see who does suddenly expand their interest and, and get involved. Uh, but it's still, it's still sad to see, because I say it's something we've become accustomed to. Judmont are also going to be reducing their numbers as well. Um, we're very lucky that we have so many big owners that, that spend the money because Shadwell's, I hate to think what their annual spending would be. And it's no surprise it is being cut down, but still, still sad to see. Yeah, it's quite noticeable how, how relatively few Judmont two-year-olds there are around yeah. this season, particularly in Britain. Joe Lyons is he's had got perhaps plenty. more. I think he's had 17, 18 And there's quite wins. a few in France. Obviously, we've got Raclette this afternoon, but not that many no, here. No, I think that's just going to be a, a gradual reduction in, in concentrating on the, the extremely classy mm. Judmont families. Um, but yeah, it's changing times in, in racing, and, and our good are going to have such a big presence going forward. Um, they've got the classy horses, but their numbers, are they going to not have so many in, in training because they weren't buying at Keynes? I was going to say something else, but there goes the bell. I'll have to save it for, I'll have to save it for next week. And that was that for this week's Talking Points.